Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hi, Katie. Hey, Missa. How are you doing? Good. You know, we're recording this on a new moon. Yeah, so it's snowing here in Colorado today. So in addition to the May mo- new moon stuff, on it's been a little bit of a snowy few days, and it's going to, this is actually a pretty long storm cycle. So oddly, it was 70 degrees yesterday, but it's supposed to stay snowy now for like the next four or five days. Um, but it's like really making me tap into my Nordic stuff. And I've been working on learning runes better and kind of tapping into my ancestors that way. Um, yeah, it's I've just been trying to work with what nature's given me. Wow, that's nice. I'm a little mad at nature right now. So we're recording this at the end of October. Again, um, we explained in, I think the last episode or two episodes ago, we're going to take a little hiatus from recording, but you won't experience any hiatus in listening. Um, But yeah, so it's the end of October. The wind is howling. um, And I live in Northern California where we have PG&E, you know, the company responsible for all those deaths and the destruction of entire towns. So in addition to just like being angry with the wind because my Halloween decorations are going everywhere, um, it's also really fresh. I'm not uh, threatened with having my power cut off, but a lot of people around us are um, in Northern California. So it's, I know it's not Mother Nature's fault. It's, you know, what we're doing to our environment and then PG&E being pieces of crap. But the, uh, the weather's, weather here isn't very great. Yeah. Well, it is October. Getting into winter, but yes. Yeah. Unless you're listening to this, in which case it is definitely like December. the end of December. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe mid December. Mid December. And if it's mid December, the weather's probably worse, maybe. Like probably less fires, but more cold and rain. Oh gosh. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Actually knowing it's anybody's guess anymore. Yeah, knowing Colorado, we're going to be like bone dry in December. It always like is super snowy around Halloween and Easter. And then like I've had more white Halloweens and Easter's than I've had white Christmases. It's yeah. I've experienced no white holidays. Actually, I think I went to Christmas in the snow once and I was miserable. All right. So today we are at the end of our intro to astrology series. Yes, we're going to be talking about houses, um, uh, astrological houses, which are like one of the more advanced astrology things. And there's even more advanced stuff that we could go into, like trines and like all of these other things that have to do with the placement of where your houses are. Um, talking about the fact and, that, oh, sorry. Oh, keep going. Yeah, like talking about how I have like a bowl and you and pretty much everyone who's born around born around our time has what's that thing where you have three um plants a stellium a stellium yeah so that's a form of that so there's like so much more you can get into with astrology if you really want to but we figure for beginners like this is pretty much like the basics of what you need to know yeah and it's i mean just a good jumping off point i feel like the more that i've researched over the last few weeks few months um going into all these topics the more i'm like wow, I really didn't understand it, but now I'm, I have more of a, a spot to leap off from here. So 
before I would hear things like trines and stelliums and things like that. And I would have no idea what was going on. And now I have, even if I don't fully grasp what they mean, I'm not completely in the dark. So uh, this is just giving you information so you can go, oh, I did hear about that once. Let me look more into it mm -hmm. from my own chart. Yep. Yeah. Um, so houses, houses. Um, well, the best way to describe your house is that your the sky is divided into 12 houses, one for one, each, each house ruling one different part of your life. So think of the sky like a clock. It covers the entire sky. So like where it shows a grid of where your planets are and where each, um, uh, where each uh, sign was at the time of your birth. So um, yeah, so if you get your astrological chart done, you'll see it's divided up into a bunch of different slices of pie. And these are your houses. You'll see they're labeled um, and you'll be able to tell where, uh, like which house is where and which planet is in which house. Um, and it also will usually have the signs. Um, the service I use is called astro.com. And if you go there and you go to their section called free horoscopes and you go all the way over to the right and go to extended chart selection, um, you can go through there and you can draw up your own astrological chart. Um, but yeah, so that's what your houses are on a practical level. Um, Missa, did you want to talk about what it is on more of like a, theological level or not theological theoretical yeah so um the signs um so we've talked about the zodiac signs and the planets so far um and then we kind of got into the houses a little bit so there's the signs are the way that the zodiac wait no <laughs> i wrote this down okay the signs of the zodiac show how the planetary aspects are expressed um, so, you know, having, um, a Virgo Venus, you know, explains how your, you know, Venus rules over one aspect of your personality and having that in a specific sign means that's how the personality is going. That's how it's going to show itself in your personality. So the houses tell us where in our lives, these aspects will be expressed. Um, so again, we'll get into what the houses all mean, but the houses are broken up into things like family and work and uh, sexuality, things like that. So that's kind of very broad, but so they're broken up into things like that. So if you have um, your, a specific sign in that house, it could be that that sign is going to influence that aspect of your life. Same with planets. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's multiple levels. So there's the, what sign your, the planet is in, um, what house the planet is in and then what house the sign is in. Yes. And so it's super complicated. We don't expect you to understand it by the end of this episode. Again, it's something that I've been researching for a few weeks and I still just barely beginning to grasp it. Yeah. For me, it's something I understand on an intuitive level, but it's like, they say you don't really know anything until you can explain it. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm going to try my best, but it's more of an intuitive thing. And I think the way that it helps me um, kind of understand it is to think of it as um, it's the area of focus 
for um, the planet and the sign that the house is in. So it's like, it's the area of focus. It's so an area of concern, possibly. It could be a something that you really enjoy. It could be an area of struggle or worry. It's um the way that that planet focuses in on something. It is what that planet focuses on. Yeah, exactly. And I only understand what you mean because I've been researching it and trying to put it into words. And that's, you know, close to how I would have put it into words. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think... A good example is from the last episode we did about Saturn returns um, because talking about our Saturn returns and like the areas of focus of the return is a good example of um, how Saturn in our charts is focusing in on a a certain house. Another one for me that I realized when I was doing this research, and we'll get into this more, um, as I'm talking about before, I don't particularly have a good relationship with my mom. And I learned that the fourth house, um, in addition to ruling over a bunch of things, it also rules over like your mom or motherhood or mothering. Um, And at first I was like, oh, that's way too specific. And then I realized that I have Pluto and Scorpio, which is Pluto is about um, destruction and, uh, you know, the ending of cycles, that kind of thing. And Scorpio's kind of hold a grudge. And I was like, well, fuck, you are assholes. Why is this here? So, so you have uh, Pluto in Scorpio in your fourth house. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so, to I'm just using this as an example for our listeners to work off of. But um, Pluto is about destruction, death, um, ending of cycles, that sort of thing. Um, and Scorpio is super duper intense on that, and they tend to hold a grudge because of. Um, because they are ruled by Scorpio, among other things. Um, And then the fourth house rules like family and um, uh, specifically mothers or your relationship with your mother. And I don't have a good relationship with my mom because um, it's a long story that I may or may not get into later, but basically there's some behavior of hers that is not healthy. And I've decided that she isn't going to be in my life while she practices that behavior. And that is a very Scorpio in or Pluto in Scorpio in the fourth house thing to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So should we start going through the houses? Um, I will say beforehand, um, the best way that I've understood the houses personally is to go through my own chart. Um, so again, Katie mentioned, you said it was astro.com, I think, um, which might be a little bit more advanced. I've been looking at cafe astrology, which I use a lot just because it's usually like the first thing that comes up on Google. Um, and so I just like did my own chart and looked through my own houses to try to get a grasp of, of how everything worked. So um, you might want to pause the podcast and pull up your own chart and you, you know, on, on any website, whatever astrology website you feel comfortable with um, and follow along to see if maybe it helps you understand what's going on. All right. So the first house we actually kind of talked about a little bit uh, in our big three astrology. So in the first astrology episode, uh, your first house is your also known as your rising sign or your ascendant sign. Um, And this is your it's so your first house related to self and self image. So it's how you project yourself to others. As we mentioned before, um, it can be people's first impressions of you. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, it also rules your personality, beginnings, appearances, identity, um, your kind of personal manifesto or philosophy. Um, and it's ruled by Aries. And that's, this is something we forgot to discuss, but each house is ruled by a sign. And that could be a good shorthand um, for you to try to figure out what's going on with each house while you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of one of the reasons that we did houses at the end of the series, because um, now you have a little bit better idea of um, the power of each planet. So, you know, the, the force that each planet has, and then also of the signs. So, you know, you know more about like, oh, if you think Aries, you can think like, you know, first you can think bold. So if you think about the first house being ruled by Aries, you can think, okay, well, let me think back to what Aries, you know, what the, the traits of Aries. So it's a little bit helpful when you get to the houses. Yep. All right. And then the second house um, rules money, possessions, security, values, material world, jobs, habits, and self-work. Um, also, the Little Book of Saturn uh, book we've been hawking this entire astrology series has a really good section on houses. And Eliza Einhorn, um, the author of that, says that um, the second house is the first of a group of workhouses that kind of determine what your job or work situation is going to be. And those grouped together are the second, the, si the sixth, and the tenth houses. Cool. That's good to know. Um, but yeah, so your second house is ruled by Taurus. Taurus is um, a little bit more related to money. Um, so you're going to see, um, you know, financial aspects in your second house. Mm -hmm. The third house um, governs communication. So that's going to be um, uh, the house ruled by Gemini. Um, remember, Gemini is ruled by Mercury, I believe, right? Let me go back to my, yep. Yeah, so Mercury communication. Um, so it's going to govern your, your speaking and writing, you know, how communication um, plays out in your life and how you interact with others. Yeah, so it's um, also technology, um, the way you think, that kind of communication. Um, also siblings, uh, short distance travel, and information. So, so um, your fourth house, which Katie touched on a little bit earlier, uh, has to do with um, your family, your home life, um, and then again, the connection with your maternal parent. Um, so that can be it could be your relationship with your mother. It can be um, you as a mother, um, so it, those kinds of things. Um, and it is ruled by cancer. Yes. Um, and then I also just have notes because it's the fourth house. So if you're looking at a chart, it's always going to be um, placed. So your first house is like the horizontal left side of the chart. And the yeah, it's like house a nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock, and then the seventh house is going to be the three o'clock. Um, but your fourth house is always like right at the bottom, so it's known as the foundation. So if you think about it, it's your family, it's your home, it's the, your personal foundation. Um, and I also just have uh, some sources says that it was self care, and some sources said that it was connected to children. But I know I've heard that children are related to both the fourth and fifth houses, so there might be a little bit of wishy washiness there. 
Yeah, interesting. Well, so I read that it was um, connected to your ancestry, um, which again, when I think ancestry, I think matrilineal ancestry, no offense, dad, but um, you know, I've been fucking the patriarchy since I was little. So, um, you know, again, you said foundation. So your ancestry definitely relates to your foundations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. And then your fifth house is ruled by Leo. Um, and it is all about fun, play, creativity, um, drama. It also is connected to romance and specifically love affairs. So not, you know, long-term rom- like long-term commit rela- commitment relationships. It's, you know, fun romance. Um, there's this really great quote about how love can either be wine or bread when it's wine, you know, it's just like fun, frivolous, you don't need it. When it's bread, it's a relationship that you like absolutely have to have. So this is like the wine type of relationship where it's just fun and you're enjoying it. Um, But it's also about attention, drama, um, which are kind of more negative connotations. Um, And also art, children, self-expression, also privacy and dating. Um, So yeah, your fifth house uh, rules over um, like what gives you pleasure? So like creativity, art, again, that, that short-term romance, the, the, the pleasurable romance, the wine, like Katie was saying, you were saying that and I was yep. like, oh, wine and bread sounds good right now. And then I realized I was like, oh, I, I do Prosecco and an entire bucket of Halloween candy in front of me. Yeah. So that uh, quote is actually from this really great book that I love partially because it's loosely based on the life of Margaret Mead um, called Euphoria. Um, yeah, it's, I, that book steals it from another author, author. I just read it from that book and I recommend it if you like fiction. Um, nice. But yeah, also Leo is the first of a group of love houses. So your seventh or your fifth, seventh and eighth houses all have to do with love and relationships and for those who are interested. So your, your sixth house is work which mm-hmm. um, we'll get into a little bit more later. Your It's different than your 10th house, which is your career. Um, yeah. So your your work is more of like your daily life. Like, what are you doing um, mm-hmm. to get shit done? So it's ruled yeah. by Virgo. And Virgo is like the get shit done sign. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it that way, it's easier to uh, understand what your placements in the sixth house will mean. Yes. And yeah, that's a good point. It's like the... Like the sixth house is a job that you have just to make ends meet or because, you know, you need to have a living. Um, Your 10th house is more a career, like something that you are trying to build up and like enjoy that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And then I also found that the sixth house also ruled health, um, like diet, exercise, um, wellness. It also um, touches on service and also servants. Um, and organizations, schedules, routines, and um, pets. Oddly enough, this is the uh, this is the house that is centered around pets, which is interesting. Nice, interesting. Yeah, it is curious. Now I want to go back and relook at my chart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so your seventh house is ruled by Libra, and this is the house about marriage but also just like partnership so that can be platonic partnership as well um or Mm -hmm. romantic partnership 
Yes. And those can also be like business relationships. This planet is very much about um, contracts, business deals, equality, sharing, um, social awareness. So, but if you think about it, like it's about business contracts and about relationships. So that kind of combines with the, you know, marriage because marriage is basically just a romantic relationship with a business contract as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's not necessarily um, like we talked about in the fifth house, that kind of romantic, um, relationship, or we'll talk a little bit more in the eighth house about like sexuality. Um, but this is more like your long-term partnership. Your seventh house is going to be, you're going to see what you're looking for in a companion. And again, either romantic companion or business companion. Mm -hmm. All right. So the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio. And as that's the case, it rules all of the things that we associate with Scorpio. So magic mysteries, um, sex, death, um, but it's also associated with intimacy, transformation, deep bonding. So when you have like a very emotionally deep connection with someone, um, and it's also about uh, birth or, you know, that kind of death, you know, birth, death, rebirth cycle. Yeah, that's the cycle. Um, yeah. like death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. The witch cycle um, it's is also, beginning to think about it because <laughs> yeah, everything. Ta- yeah, everything talks about birth, death, rebirth. Um, yeah. and then also, uh, so again, when we're talking about houses, it's a little bit different than how it's like the signs or the the planets in a sign are affecting your your personality or or something like that. This is more toward that aspect of your life. So when you think about like the planets and the signs in your eighth house are going to affect your attitudes toward death and the supernatural, like how the supernatural and sex and things like that are going to show up in your life. Well, and it's also kind of the idea, like, like it's not as though this is ruled by Scorpio. It's not like it's Scorpio and whatever planet is in your eighth house combined. It's like, you have like say you have venus and scorpio it means that your relationships might be more about the deep bonding and um you know have more emotional depth and intensity than um you know if you had if you had it in like the you know the 10th house i don't know that's just a random one i pulled out of my butt but yeah yeah so again it's it's my best advice would be to follow along with your own chart um, when looking at these, because again, it's not the same as, and there's multiple things in their house. So you've got a Zodiac sign in your, in each house. And then you also potentially have planets in each house. Um, And we'll talk more at the end about what happens if you don't have planets in that house. But again, that house affects the placement of the planet and the Zodiac sign. So it's not, it's similar to, but um, not exactly the same as having a specific planet in a sign. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's there's layers. It's like a beautiful cake. I'd yeah. say an onion, but meh, you know, cake's better. No, yeah, and onions are best when they're chopped up and cooked. Raw onions are a little gross. That's just me. Yeah, stop putting raw onions in salads. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. They upset my tummy, and I don't want it anymore. Yeah. All right. So the ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius. Um, it covers optimism, luck, risk, adventure, long distance travel, philosophy, 
higher education, inspiration, morals and ethics, learning and religion. So there's a lot packed in there. Yeah. So um, again, if you think of Jupiter's ruling planet as, oh, I'm sorry, if you think of Sagittarius's ruling planet as being Jupiter, um, Jupiter's kind of, you know, he's the, the god of gods. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the big man on campus. He's the values. Uh, so that's where, what we're getting in the ninth house is, you know, you're not your core as in the first house, but this one's more of um, your beliefs. Uh, so we talked about, you know, your higher education, um, religion. So if you have signs or planets in this house, um, those are going to be more related to your views on religion and, and belief systems and, and values, like Katie was saying. Yep. Um, okay, so your 10th house, we talked a little bit about before when we were talking about your sixth house. Um, the 10th is related to your career, um, your responsibilities, your place in society. Um, so this is a house that is ruled by Capricorn. Um, you must all be experts on Capricorn now. If you've been listening to Katie and I talk over the last couple of months about our Capricorn placements. Um, so your 10th house is your attitudes towards law and authority. And it also relates to your paternal parents. So a father figure maybe, or maybe you as a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also about um, your public image, how you want other people to perceive you. Um, It's about fame, your reputation, achievements. But also, like we've been talking about, it's about um, it rules your career, corporations, responsibilities, structure, um, awards you would receive, and boundaries. Yeah. Um, So, again, it's got a lot of that Capricorn influence in there as far as structure is concerned. So we are really just breezing through these. The houses are super complicated and super in depth. Um, The houses on their own could be an entire series, but we're just kind of giving you the basics here to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so this might be a little bit of a shorter episode, um, but we're just trying to, to give you all a a place to start from. So your 11th house is ruled by Aquarius mm-hmm. and it is your your goals your sense of purpose mm-hmm. yes and it also and it's also related to oh <laughs> go ahead oh no I I feel like I've been talking a lot if you want to do it but um oh yeah. I was just gonna say that it's also related to um your friends mm-hmm. um so you're gonna see more about your friendships so we talked a lot about relationships earlier as far as romantic relationships business relationships this is where you're going to find your, um, your friendships is in your 11th house. Yep. Yeah. And it also is like groups and your society. Um, it also is a technology house, um, going back to like friendships. It's also at the house of networking, um, humanitarianism, originality, eccentricity, um, surprises in the future. Um, I saw one source that said this was the sci-fi house, which that's how specific some of these can get. Interesting. Yeah. I'll see it. I mean, it's an Aquarius house. Mm-hmm. The Aquarius Aquarians are, you know, the woo-woos. Yeah. No offense, yeah, Katie. Well, <laughs> we're, we both have Aquarius and we're both little woo-woo. So, um, yeah, I, I have an Aquarius moon and my mom was an Aquarius. So yeah. there's a lot of that in there. Yep. <laughs> no. And also like, 
I don't know. I feel like that's just the general Aquarian thing. Like, I don't know if this is actually something in the house. If they're just like, oh, it's ruled by Aquarius. Let's associate sci-fi and aliens with them. That's that's just what they do. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> All right. Anything else you wanted to add about the 11th house? Um, no, I'm good. Okay. So the 12th house, um, I don't know why. I'm like... I really wanted to do a lot more research on the 12th house, um, but I wasn't doing a lot of research. I mean, I was, but I was doing like the same amount of research. You know, the 12th house governs um, what's hidden. It's mm-hmm. our secrets. Uh, it's ruled by Pisces, which Pisces is usually the more um, artistic sign. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was, I was having trouble kind of relating um, in my mind, but it also has to do with um, our spirituality, but like our personal spiritual selves not necessarily our our outward spiritual selves um but yeah. it's also what we keep private what we mm-hmm. and i was actually able to find a little bit more so i'm going to expand on that um so yeah. It's, yeah so it's about um it's also rules old age your inner life like you said the subconscious um it also it's interesting because at the the first house rules beginnings this one the 12th house, it's the end. It rules endings and completions. Um, and it, you know, it dictates separation from society, um, imagination and art, uh, closure, solitude, escapism, and also it's associated with addiction. So my thoughts is if you have like a planet in this house, you might have like, you either might be really good at closing things or finishing things, or you might, you know, struggle with finishing projects, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, that imagination, um, like you were talking about, is a little bit more of that, that Pisces influence. Excuse me. Yeah. So those are the houses. It's kind of a brief, very extremely brief mm-hmm. um, overview of, of the houses. I know we just gave you a shit ton of information. You probably have no idea where to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've got a cat that's about to attack. You stay down. Mm. You stay down. Nope. There's no room for you on that chair. If you try to jump, you will fall. Okay. Crisis averted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, if you look at, you know, where your houses are in the planets or where your houses are in the planets, where the planets are in your houses and which sign you have in each house, you're going to learn a lot more about the, the signs in your birth chart and also the planetary placements in your birth chart. Once you understand um, how the houses um, kind of advise them or I can't think of the word I'm looking for. My cat distracted me, um, but what yes, influence, what the, um, influence the houses have or what, what area of your life you're going to see those aspects pop up in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so speaking of that, again, like what, you know, if you're going to see your, Virgo, Mercury pop up somewhere, um, you know, if you see it in your whatever house. I also wanted to talk about what happens if you have no planets in a house. Yeah, and that is a topic that's near and dear to my heart because my planets are also concentrated because even like um, my planets that aren't in Capricorn are like next to Capricorn. Um, So all of like I have... Jupiter is my one outlier that's in my 11th house, but everything else is in like my fourth, fifth, and sixth houses. 
Um, so I have a lot of empty houses. Um, and I don't know, the best advice I saw is that it really just needs to be addressed on a case by case basis. Um, but there are a few different things it could mean. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I read was that that's not necessarily a place in your life that you're going to have to do a lot of work in, that there's going to be a, f- a lot of focus in. But that doesn't mean that, you know, if you don't have anything in a house that has to do with like family or money, that you're not going to have a big family or any money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that at all. It just means that, I mean, you're still having the the astrological signs related mm-hmm. to those houses. So it's not like the house is ever completely empty. Mm-hmm. The house is in a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're still going to have some kind of interaction there. Yes. Um, and I also saw that it means that you could be lacking or neglecting in that part of life. But as someone who has a lot of empty houses, I prefer to think of it the other way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> just going back to the other point that it really just needs to be addressed on a case by case basis. It really just depends on the person and your individual, your individual, you know, struggles or chart. Yeah. So I, I also, I meant to write down what website I got it from, but somehow, so I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to plagiarize. Um, but it was, I think it was from an article from like 2017. So if you Google empty houses and you find an article from 2017, um, but it says again, like I was talking about how each house still has an astrological sign associated to it, even if it doesn't have any planets in it. And so, The quote was, it is the combination between the psychological meaning of the house and the psychological traits of the zodiac sign where the house is placed that give you the nature of that house. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can still do work with that house, um, see how that house um, is going to play out in your life without having any planetary placements in it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And then... Yeah. And going back to that note, um, there are some meanings associated with certain houses, no matter um, if they have planets in them or not. And that goes back to the idea of uh, the rising sign, like your first house or the cusp of your first house, like where your first house starts. That's what that means um, is meaningful because it determines your rising sign. And, you know, we talked ad nauseum about why that's important. Um, But then there's also, uh, Yeah. And then there's also uh, three other parts of your chart that are just as important. Um, So the next one is the cusp of your fourth house, which is called the Inum Corley or your foundation. Um, And that goes back to what we were discussing earlier, how it's, you know, the, your foundation of your life. It's your family, which tends to be the foundation for most people. Um, And it discusses your roots or subconscious. So even if you don't have anything in the fourth house, your fourth house is significant. Yes, absolutely. So like, I'm not to backtrack, but I have a, um, a Gemini rising, but I don't have any planets in my first house. My first house is quote unquote empty, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have an effect on my life or my personality. Exactly. And then um, the next uh, kind of important house is your seventh house. So the cusp of that, and I say the cusp because it's important because where that spoke of the wheel as it is lands determines um, which sign it's in. So 
even though the like wedge of pie that is that house might cover more than one sign, um, the spoke where that sign starts is how you determine this. Um, yeah, that's super important. I remember when I was first like looking at my actual, like the chart itself and not just mm -hmm. the list of everything. And I was like, I don't understand. There's like multiple houses in this sign and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And, um, or multiple signs to this house. But yeah, it's really the cusp. So where that house begins yes. uh, in an astro astrological sign. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, and that your seventh house cusp is called your descendant and it kind of influences your partners or relationships. Yeah. So again, even if there's not planets there, um, there's still going to be a sign there to influence that aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. And then your 10th house cusp is actually, I think probably the most important and most referenced next to your rising sign. And that's called your midheaven. Um, and you'll actually see a lot of people talking about your midheaven because it's pretty important. Um, but it determines your highest aspirations. Yeah. Again, that's the house we were talking about earlier is your, um, not only the career house, but also how you fit into society, what you're, how you want others to see you. So first house is how others, your, their first impression of you, but your 10th house is, how you want them to perceive you. Exactly. All right. So, okay. yeah, I think that's houses. <laughs> yep. We did it. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of talk about it abstractly or technically like this. And then you kind of just have to look at your chart or for me, because I have so many things in like single houses, I like looked up all my loved ones charts and used those use that as a reference. Um, but yeah, it's good to kind of have a reference for that. And once you start to feel things out, um, for me, the houses are a very intuitive part of uh, astrology and the Zodiac. But once you do that, you can kind of get a better grasp on it. And it actually can, you know, our entire outlook on astrology is in that you're doing it for, uh, you're not doing it to try to predict things. You're doing it to try to better understand yourself and hopefully, um, you know, help yourself and, you know, improve yourself and build on that. Yeah. And to add to that, again, this is, I, I've talked a lot about how we can't use our astrological signs as an excuse for our behavior and houses is one of the reasons why. So you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, I have, you know, my Saturn and Capricorn. So I just, I can't help it. Mm -hmm. um, that's not true. Katie and I have our Saturns and Capricorns because that's, you know, generational, but we also have them in different houses. So they, even people born at the same time, aren't going to have exactly the same, um, you know, the same influences, astrological influences, mm -hmm. um, unless you're twins, which, you know, okay, I get it. That's very interesting. I want to learn more about that, but <laughs> yeah, I know, um, Gabriella Herstic, which she is lovely. And she also has a very good beginner witch book if you want to check that out. Um, but she's a twin. And I don't know, I'm always curious about that. Like, what if you technically have different rising signs or something, because there's enough time passing between your births or I don't know. Yeah, um, there's an episode of again, I've talked about it within this astrology series and the podcast Ghost of a Podcast with Jessica Lignato. Um and she interviewed triplets once on her 
uh, podcast. And that was really interesting to listen to because it was a lot about how astrology influences you, but also, you know, it's not fate. This is an ancient Greece. We do have free will. We do have souls that can Mm -hmm. affect how we do things as well. So I talked a a little bit in the last couple episodes about things being written in the stars, but we write things ourselves as well. We have control over our our own destinies. And I think that's really important to remember. Mm -hmm. But it does make me wonder because of all those twin studies of like twin separated at birth who like meet up 30 years later and it turns out they work in the same profession and they have the same likes and dislikes. And I think there was one so much that they like, there were these two men where they were both married to a woman named Carol and then they got divorced and they both ended up remarrying women named Susan or something like that. Like it does make me wonder about things like that because um, they weren't even yeah. doing it consciously, but also you're very much right. Like it's free will. You don't have to do everything. Um, or like, and again, it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Or like a really good example is uh I have two friends um, who were born like nine days apart and they're two of my closest friends who, so I've been like referencing their birth charts um, as I've been doing this. And I realized that like their birth charts are the same except for their rising signs and their moon signs. And, but they're also like different people. Um, So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think again, astrology is a tool to, to help you, move forward in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, Katie and I are going through our Saturn returns. We're almost done with our Saturn returns or by the time you're listening to this, we might already be done. Anyway. Well, thank to God. <laughs> I think of Jesus. Sorry. I went to Catholic school. Sometimes I still say that. And to me, Jesus is just like another polytheistic thing that you talk to. So, yeah. I, I mean, I totally think that you can, have Jesus in your pantheon and be polytheistic, but you know, whatever. Um, but if I hadn't known about Saturn returns over the last year, um, a lot of the things that have been going on in my life, I think would have felt more like a crisis, um, versus me knowing there's an end to this. Mm -hmm. Um, just my relationships with people and my outlook on life has been changing a lot. So, um, just people from my past, for one thing, I, from a small town and I, um, when I left that small town, I kind of, you know, I'm not looking back. I'm not talking to those people anymore. Um, except for like my core group of friends. And over the last six to nine months, a lot of those people have been like adding me on Facebook and I've had to kind of sit with myself and think, okay, I'm not the, you know, my Saturn return is almost over. I'm not going to be the person at the end of this that I was when I started it. And the person that, the the person that I was when I started my Saturn return absolutely would have had nothing to do with those people from high school, the people from my past. So I've had to really think like, I'm a different person now. I don't have that anger and that pain that I had before. Um, And, and, you know, and I I had that knowledge that this is a time in my life where I'm going to be making changes. So is this one of the changes that I'm going to be willing to make? Um, Again, so I I used astrology as a tool to make, make that decision in my life. Yeah. And And it goes with all aspects of your life. Love. A lot of people use astrology for love. I don't know what that's like. I've been in the same relationship for 10 years. So Mm -hmm. um, it can definitely help with communication though. Again, 
if you're in a fight with someone during Mercury retrograde, take a break, come back to it when retrograde is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and on that note, I don't think we've had a conversation about magic and witchcraft yet, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, magic and love or magic and relationships. Um, and there are a lot of people who are drawn to witchcraft for those reasons, but I've always held the idea that it's not, that's not necessarily like, it is good if it, that's what draws you in, but also you should maybe focus outside of that because first of all, you can't, you know, you shouldn't, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. So what I've heard a lot of um, people recommend is instead of doing um, like a love spell, do a self-love spell to make your, you love yourself because it really is confidence and um, you know, knowing who you are that draws another person to you. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, relationship stuff is good, but also maybe, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt and maybe don't make it the focus, focus of your witchcraft practice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can talk more about love and magic in the future. In fact, this was the last episode that we have planned. Um, I'm sure by the time this airs, we'll have more episodes planned. But if there's something that you guys or you all really want to hear from us, let us know. Um, keep in mind, again, if in case you couldn't tell by how kind of vague in general this episode was, um, we're not professional witches. We're not professional astrologers. Um, we're just here to try to give you all a basis, um, an introduction to, to witchcraft, to astrology, to these different aspects. So we can talk about love and magic definitely in the future. Um, or let us know what else you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that note, um, if you do have any questions or concerns that you want to talk to us about, uh, you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com. Um, yeah. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at babywitchpod. Um, I, for the most part, manage. The, I don't think you're not on Twitter, are you, Katie? I have a Twitter, but I don't think I've been on Twitter in like three or four years. So, yeah, I manage our Twitter. Um, it's I don't do a lot on there just because my personal Twitter is very political. And I even though witchcraft to me is political, I'm not trying to do that with the uh, podcast Twitter. Um, but we post fairly regularly on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything else you wanted to add before we finish off our astrology series? We did it. I can't believe it. I've learned so much. I hope you all have learned so much. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm just, I'm excited that we got through all this because we kind of planned this as like a big, like theoretical, like what if we did this series and now we're through it and I'm excited that we are. Um, but yeah, I'm also excited to discuss new subjects and yeah, I think we have some exciting possibilities for you guys in the future. All right. Well, on that note, we will talk to you again in two weeks on the next magical Monday. Bye.